everybody. Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. It's so good to see you all. Uh, thank you so much for choosing to share your Sunday with us here at Elam Christian Center, uh, Manuria. We've come around the Word of God, so why don't you go on ahead, take your Bible apps out, take your Bibles up, out. We're going we're gonna to pray. Father, I pray that you would move by the power of your Spirit in this place, oh God. And I pray, God, that you would continue to step into our service, step into our plans, step into this place this morning. God, make your presence known. Make the devil mad and put your glory on display in this place, oh God. And may it be to the glory of your name this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Our text today is Isaiah 61, verse 1. And it says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. God bless the reading of his word this morning. You know, today is Anointing Sunday, and I really felt led to share a message on what it means to anoint or to be anointed. Did you know that you've been anointed? Did you know that you've been anointed? Yeah, you've been anointed. And as I look around the room today, I see so many people whom God has anointed for a particular assignment. Uh, we have Nui over here. God has anointed you, Nui. Wherever you are in the sports that you are doing, he's anointed you for. Uh, God has anointed you, Trevor Cook. Uh, in the work that you do, in the vocation that you are in, God has anointed you. God has anointed you, uh, Dashana, Daniel Connell, Mamatai, God has anointed you, Joel, God has anointed you wherever it is that you are, in the spaces that you occupy, the vocation that you are in. God has anointed you. And as I look across the room today, I see the amount of gifting in the room. I see the caliber of great men and women of faith. I see devotion to God. I see a hunger and a desire to see a move of God. And I wonder, do you know that you've been anointed? You have been anointed. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's anointed every single one of you for the very particular assignment that he's got you on. And you may say to me, how do I know that I've been anointed if I'm just a forklift driver? How do I know that I'm anointed if I'm a stay-at-home parent with three kids? How do I know that I've been anointed to lead the Bible college or a school? How do I know that I've been anointed to study law? And we often associate anointing with that which we do. And so we say, God has anointed me to do this and to do that and to do this thing here. But anointing is more than just the stuff that we do. And so this morning, I want to take the time to kind of unpack that word anoint or what it means to be anointed. Um, and so today's, today's message is more teach than it is preach. But anointing is the Hebrew word moshach, moshach. And it means to smear, to rub with oil, to paint, to spread liquid on something. And when you study that word anoint, you'll find that it is used to refer to a number of different things in the Bible. For example, Meshach can be used to refer to rubbing oil onto a shield. Isaiah 21.5 says, Prepare the table, set a watchman in the tower, eat and drink, arise you princes, anoint Meshach the shield. The whole idea is that rubbing oil onto the shield means that it will continue to bend and move and flex so that it's fit for war. And so anoint doesn't just mean pour, but to rub the oil into the shield. Secondly, you can also see that anointing the Bible is painting a house. 
Jeremiah 22, 14 says, Who says I will build myself a wide house with spacious chambers and cut out windows for it, paneling it with cedar and painting Meshach it with vermilion? Anoint here is the act of applying paint to the house with every brush and smearing of the paint onto the house that's called anoint. You'll also see that anoint also means to apply oil to the body. Amos 6 verse 6 says, Who drink who drink wine from bowls and anoint Meshach yourselves with the best ointments. Whenever people would travel through uh, the heat of the Palestinian desert, upon arriving at their destination, they would take the oil and they would anoint their heads. They would anoint their bodies and it would provide nourishment or uh, refreshment and comfort for their bodies. And so the word anoint simply means to rub or to apply, to paint, to smear. Anointing is a pack-filled word. And so I want to look at some examples from both the Old and the New Testament, and it will help us understand the significance of anointing and why we do it. Now, in the Old Testament, you will find three important purposes and reasons for why there was anointing or applying of some sort of a liquid or an oil. First, anointing was the way that they would consecrate. In other words, set aside, set apart for holy use as in certain physical objects. And so they would apply and rub or put oil on the object to set the object apart, to consecrate it, to make it holy for service unto the Lord. Exodus 30 verse 26 to 29 says this, Use the sacred oil to anoint the tabernacle, the ark of the covenant, the table and all its utensils, the lampstand and all its accessories, the incense altar, the altar of burnt offering, and all its utensils and the wash basin with its stand. Consecrate them to make them absolutely holy. After this, whatever touches them will also be holy. Did you catch that? They would anoint all the utensils, the wash basin, the altar where they would offer up their sacrifices and their worship to God. By anointing these objects with oil, they would make it holy. And furthermore, whatever touches these objects would become holy. That's incredible. Second, the act of anointing, although it was carried out by human beings, it was actually symbolic of the fact that God was actually appointing someone. 1 Samuel 10, 1 says, Samuel took a flask of olive oil and he poured it over Saul's head. He kissed Saul and said, I am doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be the ruler over Israel. 1 Samuel 16, 12 says, So Jesse sent for David. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. And as we see here in the anointing of Saul and David as king of Israel, anointing was indicative of the fact that God had chosen these particular individuals. He was calling them to be his appointed servants. And so you would often see in the Old Testament the anointing of kings and priests and prophets. They would come into the leadership by God's appointment and anointing to lead the nation. Third, anointing was in some cases uh, accompanied by a divine empowerment or a divine enabling. This empowerment or this enabling was from God and was for the accomplishing of the task that God had assigned these particular guys to do. 1 Samuel 16, 13. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. The enabling and the empowerment that we see here in this verse is when the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. 
So anointing is the empowerment and enablement that comes from God for the completion of the assignment. That's in the Old Testament. Now in the New Testament, there are a number of different Greek words that they use to refer to anoint. The first one is alepho, and it means to rub oil on. Mark 6.13 says, and they cast out many demons and anointed, rubbed oil on with uh, oil many who were sick and healed them. Luke 7.46 says, you did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. A woman enters the room where Jesus and his disciples are in. And she began to weep and cry at his feet. And so she begins to grab, she takes her hair and she wipes Jesus' feet. And then the Bible says she anoints his feet and she kisses his feet. One of the disciples got up in arms about this. And and, and he goes to Jesus, why are you letting this woman do this? And Jesus replied and said, you haven't even anointed my head with oil, but this sinful woman has chosen to anoint me with fragrant oil. It was an act of hospitality and And so Jesus says, you've not anointed my head, but she's done this anointing instead. And in the Eastern culture back in the day, it was a sign, it was symbolic of hospitality. Whenever someone would come to your house, they would offer you oil so that you could anoint yourself for for refreshment. And the disciples haven't done it, but this woman has who just appeared and she's done it. And so we see in James 5.14, it says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. It's important to understand that while the anointing with oil might not have any medical properties, the anointing was symbolic of the presence of the Holy Spirit and the consecrating, the setting apart of the sick person to ask in faith for God's healing. Now, this doesn't mean that we're going to go and ditch all the, medica- the, the medicine and just anoint with oil and be healed. No, the point is that as believers, we live by faith in all of the decisions that we make. And that means that asking God to heal is our first option, not our last. Therefore, if God miraculously heals after praying an anointing of oil, praise his name. If God chooses to use medicine and doctors to heal, praise his name. If there is no healing, then still praise his name for our ultimate healing and final home is in his presence where we will see him face to face. Our God is always trustworthy and he's faithful. The second word is creo, indicates a special appointment or commissioning by God that sets that person apart to fulfill a given assignment. Acts 10.38 says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. 2 Corinthians 1.21 says, it is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned, anointed us. The word commissioned in that verse is the word creo in Greek, which means anoint. Third, and finally, chrisma is the word chrisma, which speaks to being empowered by the Holy Spirit, who is the third person of the Trinity. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to know what is true and what is right. The Holy Spirit is at work in tandem with the Word of God in the heart of the believer. First John 2 verse 20 says, you have an anointing from the Holy One and all of you know the truth. The Apostle John goes on to say, as for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you and you do not need anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. 
These scriptures refer to the anointing, the enabling, the empowering the, the, from the Holy Spirit that reveals the truth to the people of God. And the Apostle of John was writing to counter the heresy of a group of people who claimed that they had this special knowledge of God. These false teachers uh, denied that Jesus came to earth. They denied the incarnation of Jesus. They claimed that only they had the truth and special knowledge of God and that everybody must follow them. And so the Apostle John wrote the, that, that book, those letters, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and he reassures the Christians during that time that those other people were operating under the demonic influence of the spirit of Antichrist, which means to oppose or go against Christ. So John counters these false teachers by reminding the believers that you've already got the Holy Spirit, and so because of that, you know what is true. John points out that it is the Holy Spirit who teaches you concerning all things. And so what we see here this morning from the Old Testament to the New Testament is that anoint is the act of smearing, of rubbing on, of painting and applying something. And as we find in God's word, the reason for anointing is three things. Anointing is the act of consecrating or setting something apart as holy unto God. Anointing is the act of commissioning. It's symbolic of God's, God's appointment upon a person to fulfill an assignment. Anointing is symbolic of the empowering, the enabling that comes from God to fulfill the assignment. And you may ask me today, how does any of this, you know, apply to me today in 2023? You see, part of God's plan of salvation for mankind was that he also provided for every believer divine help. And that means that every single person who has believed in Jesus, not only are you saved, but you've been anointed. Did you know that? You've been anointed. When you believe in Jesus, you were also anointed. A smearing happened, a rubbing on happened, and applying of oil that is not physical but spiritual happened. You are anointed. Ephesians 1.13 calls it sealed. When you believed in Jesus, you were marked in him with a seal, the Holy Spirit. You know, in the ancient world, a seal was indicative of ownership. Everybody had a seal that was made of some sort of special stone or metal. And so all of your possessions and your belongings would have the seal on it to communicate that you were the owner of all of these objects. In much the same way, God has also marked his possessions, you and me, with a means, by a means of a seal. And this seal is not made of physical objects. The seal does not leave a physical imprint. The seal is the Holy Spirit that God has given to his people as a sign of their belonging to him. You see, what, we, what was a foreshadow in the Old Testament with the pouring of, the smearing of, the spreading of oil, anointing, was now to become a full reality for every single person who puts their, their, their trust and their faith in Jesus. Joel 2, verse 28, 32 says this, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. Acts 2 verse 1 to 4 says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. 
and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire as and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out. And so every single person after that who believed in Jesus was now anointed with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You received the Holy Spirit on the day that you believed in Jesus Christ. And the Bible makes it absolutely clear. You were marked in Him with the seal of the Holy Spirit. And so when you believed on Jesus, you received the Holy Spirit. You were anointed. Not only that, but available to you is the constant filling of the Holy Spirit that is often evidence in the Bible uh, in gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is often referred to as the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I don't like to call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it sounds like a one-time thing. But the baptism and the filling of the Holy Spirit, it's a constant being filled. It's not a one-time thing. It's a constant being filled with the Holy Spirit. Tap the person next to you and say, be filled. I can ask the team to join me on stage. Yeah, be filled. You know, in the, in the Old Testament, the only persons or the only people who were anointed by God were priests, prophets, and kings. And their anointing equipped them for service. In much the same way, every single person who has believed in Jesus is anointed not with literal oil, but with the Spirit of God. You see, whether you're a cleaner or a high school student or a teacher, a forklift driver, a checkout operator, a CEO, a director, or a stay-at-home parent, being anointed has never been about what you do. Being anointed is not about how much money you've got in the bank. Being anointed is not about how many degrees you've got to your name. It's about who you are. It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. And who you are is a son and daughter of God. You are hidden in Christ Jesus. You are holy and blameless. You are forgiven. You have a purpose. You are the salt and light of the world. You are chosen. You are God's workmanship. You are called. You are born again. You're a new creation. You're an overcomer. You are alive in Christ. You're established and sealed in God. Actually, you're anointed. You're anointed with the Holy Spirit of God. Anointed is who you are. It's not just what you do. And so today... As we anoint you with oil, this isn't just some cool idea that we've pulled from the Bible and thought, let's give it a go. No, 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 no. Anointing with oil is symbolic of the fact that as a believer, you've been consecrated, set apart, made holy for service unto God. It's symbolic of the fact that you've been appointed by God, chosen to fulfill His purpose and will in your life. It's symbolic of the fact that available to you is the power of the Holy Spirit who will enable you and empower you to fulfill God's good and perfect will for your life. 